Damo, can you believe Christmas is almost here? Thank God for Well and You, Bretto. If you're looking for inspirational gifts for your friends, family or colleagues, then Well and You have you covered. Why not give away The Jom, the iconic journal of me, which has taken the world by storm to help your loved ones create an incredible 2016. Or the beautiful coffee table book INQ, The Inspirational Quotient. This stunning, full-colour coffee table book with inspiring quotes and images is the perfect Christmas gift. To see the full range of Christmas ideas, simply go to www.wellandyou.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hello and welcome back to all of our wonderful Wellness Women Radio listeners. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Uh, and today we are here to ask you whether or not you're a major stress head. <laughs> um, you're here with Andrea Huddleston. And I'm Ashley Bond. Um, and we're talking all about adrenal fatigue at the moment. And this is a bit of a buzzword that's going around. Uh, and adrenal fatigue may or may not be necessarily recognized within you know, standard sort of medical practice with your traditional GP. However, functional medical practitioners definitely acknowledge the presence of adrenal fatigue. But I think that we can all uh, agree and we cannot argue the fact that chronic stress is a problem. It's a problem for our body and our adrenal glands regulate this. Uh, so if we've gone a little bit too far and you're a bit confused about what is adrenal fatigue, what are your adrenal glands, what sort of, how is that related to stress, hold so, on a second. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to get into all of that. I think uh, you know it's so important to realize as well, when we talk about adrenal fatigue, it's not your standard everyday fatigue. Um, we're talking about something that is basically created over time and it's been building up, building up, building up. So some of the questions, you know, that might help you identify whether or not adrenal fatigue is a problem for you is so... I guess, you know, ask you, do you struggle to get out of bed in the mornings even after you've had a long sleep? So, you know, you've got your 10 hours, 12 hours, and you still feel like you haven't got recharge and you're still feeling exhausted. Or are you constantly tired but just can't explain why? You've tested things, you've checked things, you've, you've done a few things in your lifestyle, you've tried to change things, and you're still really tired. And it's not just because you have, you know, um, three kids under three in your house. There's there's other factors involved there. Although that in itself would certainly uh, be an indicator for <laughs> adrenal fatigue. Absolutely, um, no question about that. But it's that sheer exhaustion uh, that we're talking about. And there's certainly a physiological process that happens that creates this that's just not you you know sleep deprivation you haven't had a good enough sleep the night before this is a long-term uh, change that happens within your body that can be quite damaging to your health yeah and even if you don't recognize you know the high fatigue issues it may just simply be a chronically suppressed immune system yeah you know yeah. constant recurring colds flus and infections and you're always run down i'm always feeling off i'm always run down i'm always sick that's another really good indicator that um, your adrenal system is just simply overloaded and it's affecting your immune system's response to external stress and from the environment, from bugs and uh, and toxins. Yeah, absolutely. So your ability to recover from those as well will will definitely be suppressed. 
Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what your adrenal glands are and what they do and why they're so important. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, they're little tiny glands that sit on top of your kidneys. Um, they are pretty small. They're about the size of a walnut and they don't weigh any more than a grape. <laughs> Uh, however, they have a huge impact on your body. So even though they are small and they might seem insignificant, um, their size certainly doesn't indicate how much of a role they have. So they command a really impressive cascade of events um, and really significantly affect the way every tissue, organ and gland and cell in your body actually work. Um, so they can influence every major physiological process in your entire body as well. Uh, the reason they're so involved in stress is because they will get a good kickstart when we go into that fight or flight response. And so that fight or flight response, you know, that we're about to talk about is so interesting because really that's stage one of what turns into a four stage cascade that brings us all the way through to the extreme end, which is when we're actually at the um, exacerbated state of adrenal cortical stress. And when we're talking about stage one, that's really our alarm phase. And that's exactly what happens if we um, are walking across the road and a car suddenly comes, you know, around the corner and, and we get that instant like rush of adrenaline i feel a you know body warm up quickly with this spike of adrenaline that runs through us it's an acute state response designed us to fly into action or fight our way out of trouble so that we can survive don't forget though it can also be sitting in front of your computer opening a stressful email as well it doesn't always have to be um you know a life or death situation and most of the time throughout our day it is just that perceived stress rather than that real um, sort of, you know, survival mode that your body needs to go into. That's, and that is incredibly true because so many of us are stressed by things that are in some ways not life or death, you know, in mm -hmm. actuality. There's not someone there, you know, with a knife in the, in the alleyway, but our fear of going into the black alleyway um, when there's exactly. nobody there at all mm -hmm is still eliciting a stress response as if there were someone there. So our mental capacity to switch on the cortisol and switch on the adrenaline just by the fears and phobias we have is, is huge and it's paramount. However, if we stay in that phase for too long, that's when we start to slide down the slippery slope mm -hmm. towards adrenal fatigue. And so that stage one is really the beginning stage and that's the alarm phase. And that's when we're really using all of those, you know, key emergency hormones. But then you start to get into stage two, which is when we start to talk about um, what's, you know, the continued alarm phase. So it's the sustained stress loads and now we're starting to deplete some of the key neurotransmitters and the key hormones that are responsible for keeping us in uh, in survival mode mm -hmm. which is good when we need it but not at uh, at times for you know weeks or months at a time it's really meant to be used in short bursts what i find is that when they get to that kind of stage two or that continuing alarm phase is that people have kind of recalibrated their stress tolerance so they're so used to having that alarm phase or they're so used to the stress in their life that it's become normal or this this new normal and so what they're willing to tolerate is completely different to what they should be able to physiologically and we see that all the time and uh, you know Ash you definitely know that as a student like back in our uni days um, we were pretty used to high stress but people exist in this every single day 
Yeah, and and that's exactly, you know, and we sort of say there's some factors you have absolute control over and, you know, we tell you to go and do, you know, the things that you need to do to downregulate those stressful factors and that just may be, you know, you're committing to too much. So unload your schedule a bit, say no to a few things and straight away some of the stress loads because of the time pressures in your life, they start to drop. However, there's some stresses that come into our life that are way outside our control that create the alarm bells and leave us in such a tumultuous emotional state that sometimes it's not so easy just to simply turn it off and Andrew I know you were sort of starting to mention we were talking earlier things like extreme emotional crisis such as you know death or um, such as severe cases someone you care about someone you love and that emotional anxiety stress you know sadness and anger in some stages totally overwhelms our system I mean it can be things like accidents and traumas mm-hmm. ourselves being physically involved in an accident or trauma creates an enormous emotional response but also physical damage to the tissues as well financial pressures you know some of those things are just way outside our control i mean divorce rates in australia are really really high so anyone who's in the divorce we'd love to all think those things are amicable but that is not the reality for most families so those sorts of situations sustained pressures that go on and on with you know drawn out court cases or or Mm. children you know involved and starting to try and deal with you know two households they're stresses that don't go away easily. So, you know, we're going to talk about some strategies to how to maintain our lives with these stresses, but just simply understanding that right in that state there, you are at a really high risk of going further down this, you know, hormonal cascade of, of injury to your body, which will lead you in a state where it's very hard to dig yourself out of that hole. Absolutely. And you've just uh, listed some of the really severe cases of, of how that really affects our adrenal glands mm. and our entire bodies. Um, but there are more insidious things as well and it can just like we mentioned before chronic infections chronic colds and flus so it's what comes first the chicken or the egg so you know our adrenal glands are suppressed um or overactive um, but we'll come to that in a minute so our uh, immune system's not working appropriately severe physical exertion is a really good one as well so either over exercising can still induce that same fight or flight response but then you know the same flip of the coin not getting enough exercise or movement is also stressful for the body too um, and then some of our other lifestyle factors as well like smoking uh, lack of sleep um, you know poor food choices that really create that inflammatory response so creating a situation where your body can't recognize what you're taking in as food or a mounting immune response to it and that certainly uh, initiates again that fight or flight response for the body um, yeah and in that second phase this is where we start to see a lot of the um, hormone sex hormonal issues starting to come up yes you know because what what's happening is the body is redirecting some of the need for the base products of the the cortisol response and they're going to draw that away from the cholesterol which is normally made into sex hormones so it's going to draw that precursor across to something else more essential at that point in time and that's when we start to see all these imbalances estrogen testosterone imbalances progesterone imbalances because the sex hormones are the secondary you know issue right now the primary issue is the cortisol response and this you know Mm. hypothalamic pituitary axis this is the priority area right then and there in that stage exactly and if you think about it again from evolutionary terms you know our body is still primal we still react to the stress 
less primarily and it's not important to be baby making when we're effectively or physiologically running for our lives in that fight or flight response. So even if it is just an email that triggers that, still baby making is not important at that time uh, and either is poor, like is good gut function as well because it's not important to be digesting when you're running for your life. Um, cortisol is a really bossy hormone so it will use progesterone, uh, you know, we're talking about women so it will use progesterone as a building block to make more cortisol and it also competes for receptor sites in the cells uh, so it's going to win every single time yeah so look during this stage uh, i think it's really important to understand what you might be feeling like you're going to feel the effects of the overexertion of your adrenals mm-hmm. and a common feeling is that you're going to be feeling wired but tired yeah so you know you're wired up you're still you know got to go 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 get things done but you're tired you're starting to drag your heels you're feeling a bit more lethargic mm-hmm. you're feeling tired you don't feel like you know you're recovering as well but you are maintaining alertness when you need it during the day but you're crashing hard in the evenings and you just wheels are falling off at nights and you just can't get things done. You don't feel like cooking a meal at dinner time. You know, just having that, that exhaustion in the evenings, falling particularly asleep on the couch straight after dinner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, and many of adrenal fatigue sufferers are at this stage begin to develop an unhealthy dependence on caffeine, mm-hmm. coffee, dark chocolate. This is where we start to seek out stimulants. So if you think that life is not worth living without coffee, that's a sure <laughs> sign that your adrenals are, under under load right there uh yeah you're absolutely right let's talk about stage three then and this is where things get a little bit more serious because this is when we start to move into what is called the resistance phase or the resistance stage and during this stage this is when your endocrine system is um, continuing to focus on producing the stress hormones but that's coming definitely at the expense of sex sex hormones as we've just described Mm -hmm. i mean this means that you're going to start to see substantial drops in hormones like dhea Mm -hmm. um, and also testosterone the precursor for again your cortisol production pathway yeah yeah so it's just going to exacerbate any underlying hormonal things that you might have already um dhea is really important for good um, brain function good positive mood um and you know everything is within a delicate balance so if you think of the way your hormones function it has to work like a a beautiful symphony orchestra so everything has to work at exactly the right time and at the right rate as well for your body to function yeah i think look in this stage as well really important to sort of understand that you may have heard this before if people who've done a little bit of homework on the adrenal fatigue syndromes um you know if you think you might have it or maybe you've been diagnosed with it by someone you know a naturopath or an alternative health practitioner said look you know you're in you've got adrenal fatigue right now um you may have heard then of something called the pregnenolone steel and this is where we start to divert again those you know important hormones away from core activities involving sex hormones and back into the stress uh, cortisol response again so that steel you know it's no longer a situation like you said of this you know symphony this harmony but instead it's just yours mine i'm taking yours you're not having any of mine and it's very much a one-way situation which is robbing peter to pay paul yeah and it's causing an absolute chaos you know inside um and it's very hard in this stage to ignore the problem now because now we're really going to start to see the signs and symptoms and you are going to be feeling it and although you'll still be holding down a job and probably having a pretty normal life you're going to start to notice things like just lacking enthusiasm really tired mm-hmm. um you know starting to get more common colds and infections fatigue situations the low sex drive as well i mean at this stage you really don't give a 
much hoo-ha about sex at all. It's just not important. It's just, you know, you're not interested in it because you don't have the sex chemistry there to actually make you feel, you know, excited and alive, you know, sexually. So yeah, if you, you know, you're off sex, you're not feeling very well, you're unenthusiastic with anything. Um, you're just getting through your day. You're just surviving. Well, you are pretty good uh, chance you're in adrenal fatigue and this is the pattern that i ask my patients to look for so you're going to wake up in the morning you're going to want to hit snooze a few times then you'll need caffeine to start your day <laughs> you'll crash mid-afternoon in that witching hour time so between 3 and 4 p.m and that's when you need caffeine and sugar like you will want to tackle someone for their for their mars bar between that 3 and 4 p.m then you'll perk back up again at night about six or seven um that evening meal will make you feel better and then you you're awake you're up um and because your hormones are all out of balance cortisol is doing the wrong things at the wrong time uh and then sleep is an issue so either you'll be asleep before your head hits the pillow Okay, which is actually a sign of adrenal fatigue. You should be able to lie down, rest, and you know, be asleep in it. You know, approximately five to ten minutes. Being asleep before your head hits the pillow is a problem. Okay, so that's a sign to look out for. Or you can't get to sleep. You're completely wired until you know the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, so it's totally disrupting the um, sleep patterns as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, at that absolutely. stage. And I think I think it's um, you know, hopefully right now, aside from being totally depressed that this is all your symptoms and signs, um, we might have some good news for you because if those are the the states you're in right now, you're not yet in stage four. So we might have a chance right now to help turn things around and we're going to talk about some strategies and some lifestyle approaches to prevent you going into this very crucial and very serious final stage and this is called the stage four and this is your burnout phase and this is literally what people call burnout. This is the stuff that takes people off work for weeks, months, and sometimes years at a time because they're not able to cope. They're not able to survive. They've been so sensitized to stress chronically. They have no ability to cope and adapt to it because their adrenal system will not produce anything it needs to basically keep you going through the day. So yeah, this is the the final stage of of adrenal fatigue. And this is where you don't have enough production of those adrenal hormones, of cortisol and adrenaline. Your body simply can't manufacture it. uh, So it it truly has burnt them out. And this is not chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, chronic fatigue can certainly be a comorbidity with that. So you can have it in conjunction with adrenal fatigue. But this is the most severe form of complete exhaustion that, uh, that you could imagine. Yeah. And this is where things like irritability, depression, anxiety, having really big issues with weight loss, you just won't shift a gram, you know, apathy and disinterest in the world around them, just wanting to stay in bed. You know, the problem is a lot of these things can be crossed over because as you could probably listen to some of those signs and symptoms, you could just easily be classically called depressed couldn't you you know and there's misdiagnosis along the way there that these signs and signals of adrenal fatigue can quite easily be i guess yeah misdiagnosed or or overanalyzed in a way that would say actually it sounds like you're depressed and instead of the correct treatment protocol being applied it can actually be like leading down the pathway of using antidepressants instead of some of these other things we're going to talk about that would actually bring the adrenal system back online and help to correct um, the dysfunctional hormonal imbalances that are going on in the body and that's a really important point because part of what the adrenals do is they actually will affect the way you think and the way you feel as well. So that's why there's such a strong correlation between depression, anxiety, mood disorders, and 
your adrenal function as well. Uh, you know, it's that classic um, marriage there uh, and why, you know, adrenal health is so important. All right, so we've given you some hints uh, and some things to look for if you think that you might fit into this category of adrenal fatigue somewhere along that spectrum. Uh, but let's just recap a little bit on the symptoms uh, that, that you might be having. So definitely difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. And this is not just uh, you want to sleep in. Uh, it's that continuing fatigue throughout the whole day and that, that sense of being wide but just exhausted. Uh, you'll be craving salt or salty foods. Everything is harder to do. Uh, you, your sex drive will be low, you're lethargic, so it's that lack of energy. Your ability to handle stress will be decreased as well. And one of the hallmarks, one of the things that I really look for in my patients is everything will seem demanding of them. So if a girlfriend calls and wants to just go for a coffee to catch up, that is demanding um, every task that's that's asked of you or if anybody even wants to see you it's it's too much hard work because you, you don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with what's in front of you right now um, it's going to take you a long time to recover from Ill injuries and illnesses your immune system sucks so you know it's also getting uh, sick on that second week of your holidays as well. Um, you know, certainly depression, anxiety type symptoms. Uh, you can get a bit lightheadedness when you, a bit of lightheadedness when you stand stand up too quickly. Um, you won't be enjoying the activities that you used to as much. Uh, for women, absolutely increase PMS uh, for some of the hormonal reasons that we talked about before. Um, your symptoms will definitely be worse if you skip meals. Uh, you'll have that chronic head fog where you just can't think clearly. Your memory will suck as well. Um, and you definitely won't feel awake until 10 a.m., at least 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, so that's, that's a pretty comprehensive list of things that you can, you know, tick off in your mind. And the reason that these are associated with adrenal fatigue is because why cortisol is so important in your body and the roles that it actually plays. So cortisol is the hormone that governs your hunger your cravings, your digestion, your blood pressure, your sleep-wake cycles as well. So when we go to bed, melatonin kicks in and it actually inhibits cortisol. So those two have that reciprocal relationship. Um, cortisol even drives your physical activity and, like I said before, your ability to cope with stress. Um, so it belongs to that cortico, the glucocortico family, which just means it raises your glucose levels. Uh, and so cortisol's main job in your body is actually to raise your glucose and store the excess in your liver okay so if we've got excessive uh, cortisol we've also got liver problems and digestive issues as well and that could be signals um i mean this is again these systems are all so interrelated and we say this time and time again you know rather than trying to treat the bottom body symptomatically trying to find the underlying cause, it's such a, an interrelated systems uh, situation because obviously the central nervous system runs this whole thing too. So, you know, wiring up the CNS, desensitizing your nervous system's response to stress, mm -hmm. you know, it's just such a cyclic uh, situation. And sometimes it feels probably to you guys listening that we go around in circles, you know, in the sense that, yeah, but that connects to this and that connects to that. We hope you're starting to get that feeling and that idea because, yes, all of this stuff is connected. Women with hormonal problems, you know, yes, it's connected to the stress cycle. Yes, it's connected to the HPA axis. Yes, it's connected to thyroid dysfunction. And we're going to go into that, you know, next episode. We're going to talk about why all of this relates back to thyroid and diagnosing thyroid problems just by looking at the thyroid is a very dangerous um, game to play. 
way because there's so much other stuff that you need to sort out first before you can start mucking around with end organs and the chemistry of those. And I think, you know, this is, for me, it's exciting because I tell you, if you can sort of start to get an idea that, wow, you do have some control over this stuff and you can make some lifestyle changes that are going to absolutely improve the quality of your health and your life, then it gets exciting because then you go, okay, cool. So who do I need to connect with? That's just going to lead me down this path. You know, which trainers are going to get on board? Who are my health coaches? Who are my lifestyle coaches? Which of my friends embody the lifestyle that I want to be living? How can I reduce my stress loads? You know, and how can I get my lifestyle back on track? And that's really what, you know, being a wellness woman is all about is this that continual journey down the right path. Cause you've only got two choices. You're either moving in the direction of good health, wellness, and, and you know, longevity, or you're moving away from it and you're going the other way down the chain. And that is, you know, the, the damage, the tissue destruction, the sickness, the illness, and obviously premature death and aging. And, you know, we really want to try and encourage you guys to move in the direction of the health, happiness, and longevity, because with these sorts of strategies in play, you guys will absolutely be able to do some of these things that, you know, even today, just understanding whether or not you're at risk of adrenal fatigue or whether you're already in the stage two, or maybe, unfortunately, you're already in stage three and we're going to help you prevent shifting into stage four or hell if you're in stage four don't give up you might be able to do some things now that is going to help you to repair and heal but it's a slow long journey from that stage so like all things that we talk about in health prevention really is the best cure for this one so we're going to talk about some prevention strategies I love the two points you just made there, that nothing works in isolation to anything else and that is not the way the body works. And also that every decision you make is either health-inducing or detracting from that. So hopefully you can sort of get that picture when you make these choices along the way as well. All right, so if you have suspected adrenal fatigue... There's certainly ways to test for it. Um, I like to use uh, salivary hormones. Uh, you can use uh, urine hormone testing as well. Um, you can do this through your GP or your, through your functional practitioner. Um, it's not bulk build uh, anyway, um, but you need to be seeing someone who can actually interpret these results and who can put you on a path and help you along that way to really address the concerns as well. And you might only run and guessed it already that which uh, hormone we're going to be testing for. Yeah. And of course it's cortisol. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, we're going to assess cortisol function in the body. So uh, yeah, definitely for, for us both, um, salivary cortisol testing is one of the first points of call just to see how far along that chain we need to be looking and um, whether we know you know we can create some uh, some steps early on to change it or whether we're looking at more chronic conditions that we need to be looking at from different angles absolutely and i like to use uh, saliva to test for cortisol and it needs to be done four times a day so having a blood test to test for cortisol is like looking at a big puzzle and taking one piece out and looking at it in isolation so cortisol will go through ebbs and flows throughout the day and it should do as well so it should be highest in the morning between 6 and 8 a.m and then it will taper off throughout the day and should be lowest at night and this is why um, a lot of people who are in that that beginning part of that adrenal fatigue it actually will do a flip so that's why you're so tired in the morning but then you're wired and you know energetic at night but then that's why it's a slippery slope to the next stages of adrenal fatigue because when the cortisol is high at night it can't uh, melatonin can't come in to switch that off so that's why you're awake and 
that's why there's that chronic insomnia that's associated with it as well. Yeah, and it's essentially created almost like an 80% flip, you know, and so instead of being at one end of the day, it's the opposite end of the day, and that's why taking the test four times a day at different periods in the day, then you can start to map and graph that out and see exactly where the rises and falls in the cortisol are and then assess whether or not your body is functioning correctly or not. And I think it's so important to realize as well, tests are simply supportive of, of a package of information that you've been getting. And in the case of adrenal fatigue, the symptomatic assessment is often enough. Yes. I think in my experience, certainly in clinic, I can say outright that I can pick people. Like I could literally, you know, tell you client by client who I can think of who is absolutely in this adrenal fatigue state just based on their general, you know, day-to-day lifestyle, how they're living, how they're feeling, the symptoms they're presenting with. Um, most of the time I don't need to get them to do a cortisol test. But then again, when they do, interestingly, I have had some people come back with what would be deemed essentially normal tests. Mm. And this is because the ranges of the test results can be so varied. You know, you can be driving from one end of the low spectrum to the high end of the spectrum. And what that means for you can be totally different to the person beside you who also has, you know, mimic the same results. One person feels great and the other person doesn't. So again, they're not the be all end all. If you've had normal test results and it's still not pointing the finger at the problem, don't worry. There's, I think the first step to do is just go into the lifestyle changes, get right in there and start to make some changes and see if your body starts to respond. And if it does, fantastic, because you realize that you've got a lot of things you can do to help turn this around and hopefully turn it around, you know, sooner or later. And the sooner you start doing it, sooner you start making changes in your lifestyle, the quicker your body starts to heal and repair, the easier it is to move on the path towards, you know, the health, the healing and, uh, and getting back to feeling great again. And the way that your practitioner may approach it will depend on what the results actually show. So if you think that you're in elevated cortisol, but the results actually depict that your cortisol is low, that is a different regime uh, according to those test results. So that, that's important information to have as well. So you really need to be able to uh, speak to someone who is experienced with adrenal fatigue. Uh, but no matter what, even if you've just said yes to some of the uh, signs and symptoms before, then the things we're going to talk about now are going to be relevant to you anyway. And managing your stress is important no matter where you fall along that spectrum. Well, look, it's, I mean, stress management is not just related to adrenal fatigue, is it? It's the number one reason I think that people go to doctors, GPs, medical professionals, because stress presents with such a myriad of symptoms and dysfunctions in the body and the cascade of stress and the stress hormones we've just talked about can be so damaging on so many layers that sometimes you don't even know where to start to repair things. So when we talk about stress reduction, stress management strategies, there's so many in-depth ways to do that. I mean, it can be things like managing your stress because your diary is disheveled. So getting yourself a diary, it could be decluttering your house because there's just too much stuff going on. Your brain's foggy and cloudy because you've got too much stuff in your life. Then it comes down to, you know, more conscious connections with yourself. So that might involve meditation and yoga, things to consciously slow everything Mm -hmm. down, 
bring your system down a notch, bring the, the balance of the chemistry down as well. And, you know, just really looking at um, your positive mental attitude and your approach to situations. And it's not as simple as just seeing the glass half full or half empty. It's really about learning through experiences of how to deal better with a situation when it arises at, at another time. You know, um, I think every one of us can remember our first breakup and, and probably how broken we were because of that experience and how traumatic <laughs> it was. And subsequent, you know, experiences of that nature we hopefully have learned some skills to deal with those experiences a bit better each time so that the compounding effects are not as significant long term. Um, but, you know, it, it again, it comes back down to this idea that if you can change the way you think, you really can change your life and stress falls into that category big time. So perceived stress and how you deal with those stressful situations. And I love that, you know, that grid where it goes about dividing your daily, you know, tasks into, is it urgent? Is it important? You know, and just trying to work out where it sits in that. Does it have to be done right now or can be done later? Do mm -hmm. I have to do it or can I delegate it to someone else? Um, so that you can just help to manage that stress point. And gosh, I'm the right person to talk to about that right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> we're doing, uh, you know, a great health challenge in our practice and we've got a lot of stuff going on and I definitely do have to delegate tasks over to others. And of course, you know, just trying to work out how to do that in a way that's, you know, achieving the needs of myself, but also, you know, not overwhelming others in the process. So it's been a really fine balance and I'm learning that um, that task of, I guess, management as I go, which, um, which is really interesting because I'm experiencing a lot of these you know things we've talked about today but also thank goodness for me I have the conscious awareness that that's happening so I also have the tools and tricks I know how to bring that back down again and of course having Andrew beside me here is one of those tools, <laughs> those tools and tricks so um, again you know stress management maybe talking to the right people getting a counselor or having a really good friend who you know is really good at uh, advice and in someone you can lean on when you're feeling overwhelmed and it was interesting um, some questions that we were just bouncing off each other uh, about this particular scenario that Ashley's talking about is what are the gifts that come out of this and being able to recognize the uh, the benefits from the challenge can sometimes really just help to dial back that fight or flight response and and calm things down and seeing the uh, the strength and resilience and the learning that comes out of that is really important as well and when you're stressed laughing yeah. You know, trying to find things that make you laugh, whether it be watch a funny movie just to chill out and zone out mm -hmm. or you have a good chuckle for a while, or it might be going outside, doing things that are really pleasing and pleasant to you, you know, going and doing something you really enjoy um, because doing things of enjoyment are is a great, um, you know, counter balance to stress and the stress hormones. You're just helping to get that um, dopamine, serotonin and the happy stuff in balance. And that certainly down regulates the stress as well. Exactly. So what we're talking about here in general terms is actually a bit of a lifestyle transformation. Not a bit, or, it's a whole lot. Or, you or know, redesign. Yeah, it's going to take a, a fair few different pieces of the puzzle, isn't it? It's yeah. not just one thing. And I, I know that everyone wants a spoonful of just one dose of something that's going to fix everything. Um, that's what we've been taught to expect. But the reality is not that simple. And so it's really about taking all of these little pieces of the puzzle, like you said, Andrea, mm -hmm. and putting them together. Otherwise, you've got one piece in isolation and it means nothing. And if you're in that complete overwhelm stage where everybody seems demanding and we've just said that you need a lifestyle redesign, I can understand if you want to tune out right now. <laughs> However, I want you to really understand that this stuff is worth it. These changes work 
you've just got to give it time and that you're also worth it because existing in that state is exactly that. It's just existing. You're not enjoying life and, and you're not getting the most out of it because you're so overwhelmed and in that state of adrenal fatigue. And so sadly, you're absolutely not alone. You know, it's just such an increasing instance of this. The fact that the term has even been coined, you know, the fact we've even had to come up with a, a blanket term to describe these symptoms and, you know, call it AFS, adrenal fatigue syndrome, mm-hmm. indicates just how common it's becoming, that the acknowledgement of the problem is there and we just need to find solutions. But um, drugging, you know, drugging people is not the solution. We already know that. Doctors know that. But how do we help you change your lifestyle? And that's just such a big challenge. And that's what every one of these podcasts is dedicated to. It's trying to help you just pick and pull out some of the tips and tricks that might really work for you. So aside from, you know, stress management strategies and, and connecting with people who can help you with that stress management, other great options are, you know, the right kind of exercise too. Because when you're in stage one and two, a bit of vigorous exercise can actually help to bring things down. So you feel really great after doing, you know, a high intensity exercise. It brings everything back to balance for you. But when you're into the more fatigued end of the spectrum and you're in that stage three and four, the vigorous exercise is damaging. It's not the thing to be doing at that time because you're already at exhaustion and exertion levels that you can't sustain. So in essence, you actually need to do something different there. And that is actually to be doing low force, low key exercises, you know, gentle walks. building exercises. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And 20 minutes gentle walking is absolutely appropriate. Um, Yoga, um, that, that deep breathing is going to be really effective and that stretching is very relaxing and, uh, very, uh, positive for your adrenal glands. Um, as is meditation as well. And I'm, I'm a massive fan of meditation. Um, it, is hard to do and anyone who says oh I can't meditate I can't switch off are exactly the people who need to do it <laughs> yeah if you say if you don't like yoga and you can't meditate then this is probably why because yeah. uh, your system is so wide wide up right now that it's very hard to turn it down but these are the tools that are going to help you turn that down another really important thing as well is to eat at the right time so mm-hmm. when you're eating meals you know not skipping meals your blood glucose levels are so crucial to this whole pathway as well so if you're skipping meals cortisol levels are jumping all over the place insulin levels are jumping all over the place um it's going to just worsen the situation so being regular you know five small meals a day is a really appropriate way to balance this one out so that you're never getting you know ebbs and spikes and things like that staying away from refined carbohydrates and sugars you know stop the burnout in your body um don't provide it with the caffeine the sugar the the you know the flour fix you just need to be looking at proteins you know whole vegetables nuts and seeds slow release carbohydrates mm-hmm. things that are just going to simply Simplify the you know glycogen balance in your body. I have some rules about coffee, and that is absolutely no coffee before 10 a.m. Uh, and that is hard and fast rule, and there's no deviation from it. So if you still need coffee, absolutely not before 10 a.m. And I know that's most uh, what most people do as their morning ritual. They get straight out of bed and make the coffee because they need that to start their day. But that's when your cortisol levels are highest. So if you have your caffeine, then you're just giving your adrenals a nice big punch first thing in the morning and you've got nothing less for the rest of the day. Um, I actually read a study that said that dark chocolate, um, so eating about 40 grams a day for two weeks, lowered urine cortisol levels. However, this study was sponsored by Nestle, so I would be very cautious of the sources. <laughs> um, but I think if you really love 
uh, chocolate choosing a really good quality organic if you can very dark chocolate so this is with you know like 80 85 percent cacao um, and having you know a square or two of that a day uh, I think if that's pleasure promoting for you then I think that's a great thing <laughs> Yeah, look, even caution again as well, because eating dark chocolate at night, it is stimulating. So, you know, part of the problem with this is that you're wired and then and you're busted at the end of the day, but you can't sleep. Well, certainly not, you know, at the end of the evening, be having coffees and, and chocolates when that really, again, will trip off your uh, adrenal cascades and, and promote the adrenal fatigue that you're suffering with. So, exactly. uh, yeah, look, and I, so does alcohol as well, will increase your cortisol levels. So be mindful of that. Yeah, so we, I think we've covered, um, again, some of these lifestyle things. And, yes, you're probably hearing it again. You're saying, they're talking about the same thing again. I just hope it's starting to sink in because so many health crises and health challenges come back down to the core foundations, and that is what you eat, mm-hmm. how you think, you know, your headspace, the kind of activities you're doing or not doing, and, of course, you know, the correct connections, you know, neurochemically within your body, whether or not they're doing the right jobs at the right times of the day. So we want you to look at lifestyle changes as rather than thinking of it as, you know, a diet or as a, a fitness plan or a, anything, we're looking at it as transitions, you know, away from things that are not serving you, away from things that have got you to where you are right now and towards some of the fun stuff. You know, the, the good feelings, the happiness, the health, the well-being. And um, really, that's what uh, all of this comes back to. So if you didn't hear some of our previous episodes, you know, today we talked a little bit about sleep. Jump backwards. Go and have a look at the sleep episode. You know, if you're curious to know about what to do, you know, in regards to just specifically the sleep problems, have a look at some of those strategies. They'll be really, really helpful for you today. Yeah. And again, join the 10 p.m. club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Get you'll hear more boy. about that from the sleep episode. Yeah. Is there um, anything else, Andrew, that we want to add so our listeners kind of get this idea that adrenal fatigue, it's not a death sentence. It's not, a, you know, it's not something to say, I've got it. I'll never get out of it. We can help you shift out of that. What else would you give, you know, advice to listeners about what they can be doing? Well, just that your body never creates anything just because it's always a result of, you know, the things that we do every day in the environment we live in. So there's a reason why we're so depleted. Um, so, and that's why we keep giving the same advice as we do because it really does work um, you know there are certainly a couple of specific things that we could certainly give for adrenal fatigue um, depending on where you sit on that cortisol spectrum either high or low or you know somewhere in between there's certainly very specific supplementation that will help with that um, we won't go into that today because you'll certainly need guidance from your practitioner to do that um, there's a lot of evidence that supports good choice carbs and eating those at night with your evening meal like um, you know sweet potato uh, some brown or black rice, um, good salads, that sort of thing can be very beneficial uh, in uh, adrenal fatigue circumstances and eating your good fats because cholesterol is the precursor to all of your hormones. Uh, So, you know, your good fats are critical. Cool. Look, I think that covers what we wanted to talk about today. Um, You know, adrenal fatigue is just such a big problem for so many people we know that it's a problem and i think both you and i at some point now our life so far excuse me have been in that stage um but being mindful of when you're starting to slide the slope from you know stage one to two to three to four and knowing that there's things you can do to catch yourself before you get to the bottom 
perfect. So uh, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you're all not in burnout right now, but if you are, you can come back from that. So that's okay. We look forward to uh, you hanging out with us next week, but until then, feel free to check us out on our Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. We would love to hear from you. If you've got any great strategies that you've found that have helped your adrenals and your energy levels, feel free to post them on there or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. And until then, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.